Your pen sounds like ASMR with your new mic there. I know. I'm like, I got to figure out this audio stuff because it's like, um, on the, I started, I started editing the uh, top 10 2023 episode and I, because I was holding the mic so close to my mouth. Yeah. You were like, like, it it clips a bit. So it it like basically it's distorted. And so I'm like, how do I fix this? And I don't know. Like I need to, I'm not like a sound engineer. (laughs) I don't know. I'll just use audacity the best I can, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah, maybe just try not to eat the mic next time and we'll be fine. Yeah, I think I will do. I like the couch setting though. I'm only in the office because my friend is here working um, at my kitchen table. But it was, the, I like the living room setting. It was a little bit more like relaxed vibe. Yeah, you know, for sure. It was, it was, it was cozy. Um, yeah, how, so you're sick? You said you're sick? I've been a bit sick this week, yeah, for sure. Not feeling 100%, but. You know, grinding through it. How many how many courses are you taking? About five. Five, hey, and then you're done, right? Then I'm done, yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, Next. pretty stoked. Then you find out about as teaching college. Yeah. You're burnt out. <laughs> I think April or May, but I, I would be surprised if I didn't get in right away, but Okay. Okay. But I mean I guess I don't know, I'd do that stupid Casper test. I don't know if anyone's ever had to do any of the listeners, but they're <laughs> very trivial in my opinion but um yeah i guess it's kind of cool yeah um that'd be fun um i'm just texting this kid's um, always on his phone or no I, something he's he was supposed to call into the episode but uh see what happens anyway yeah casper i remember when like our sister had to do it and she was like, I think I failed. And then she got into a program first try. <laughs> yeah. Second try, I think. Yeah. So, I don't think you can um, fail it unless you're like a sociopath. But I mean, who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have some thoughts on that, but I'm not going to air my personal <laughs> shit on. <laughs> I think I think you'd be surprised at how uh, easily people with personality disorders like beat those tests. <laughs> yeah, guys. So, yeah. That's what Something to say. Uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, man, I've been, the vibes are in shambles. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, I'm like looking forward to, I'm, I'm glad we're getting the podcast going again. It's been a bit, bit slow and, but I'm like, yeah, we got, we got big plans for this month. So I'm excited to be talking about <clears throat> the Iron Giant today. So, yeah, yeah do you want to, uh, do you want to get into it or should we, should we yeah. banter for a bit more? Uh, let's get into it, bro. I'm I'm out of banter already. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're both tired. We're both like yeah, I'm tired. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Flicks with the Foys. The movie podcast where we are brothers. <laughs> uh, I'm, your host, I'm, your, I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm Carson. Yo, yo. Yo, yo. What's up? So today we're talking about The uh, Iron Giant. This movie came out in 1999. Yeah. I think. Yeah. From Warner Brothers Animation Studio. So uh, yeah, do you want to give me a bit of, bit of background 
on this movie. Yeah, so I mean, I watched this movie a fair amount as a kid. I don't think I watched it maybe as much as you, but I definitely watched it, you know, a handful to more times. And um, so I, 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 of course, I know the plot and what's going on, but so I rewatched it yesterday. And at first I was like literally getting nothing out of the rewatch for the first half hour. Like I was just like waiting for like, you know what I mean? All the, like, I was just like bored of all the hiding around and build up. But then, like, the last act is, like, really good. So, like, I really enjoyed that part. And it reminded me of, like, how good this movie really is. That's funny because I, like, I really like, I think the movie is so, it's it's a lot of different things. But I think it all works for me. I enjoy the first part of the movie. I think it's, it's no, very I don't funny think it's bad. and lighter. I, I, you just wanted to see the cool inspirational part, right? Well, I've seen it like a, like before, like many, many times, right? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I know exactly. I mean, I do like some of the of initial establishing shots of the big guy, but I mean, like, I was just like, can we get to the, <laughs> the cool shit? Like the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I think this was maybe one of the f- first movies I remember seeing. Like, I it would have came out when I was like three or four years old, and I think. I don't know. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but my parents would have rented it on, on like VHS and we'll get into it a bit later. But I think that's where a lot of people saw it because this movie was notoriously not marketed very well. <laughs> um, and so I think it has a lot less of a following than maybe it deserves because it is, it, it's, this movie is a masterpiece in my opinion. But yeah, so I remember, you know, watching it as a kid and, and really enjoying it. And I haven't seen it. I think the last time I'd seen it before this watch was probably close to 10 years ago. And I watched it for the first time and I actually took a lot out of it. I think this movie is so fun and so great and has a lot of good messages. And it, in some ways, I'm surprised my parents would let us watch this. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty hardcore, but it also really, is, at though. the same time is, dude, they talk about atomic holocaust <laughs> but it's and like, like it, i think you're being an extremely foof i think that's a foof no, take a no i bit. mean like but i mean i want to talk about it because <laughs> it is i think this is a movie kids should see like you watch it and you're like wow compared to like disney movies and dreamworks movies especially from this time they're pretty heavy themes but this movie has had more of an impact on me than any disney or, or dreamworks movie like ever no, and we'll talk about that in ex- in the execution of deeper. Are you forgetting the Lion King, big dog? Like, no, I think this movie has been more inspirational on me. Oh, like, we'll talk about it. Wow. We'll talk about it. Yeah, no. Um. Okay. Yeah. Let's. Can we get Carson? Can we get a vibe check? Um. I mean, uh, yeah, like fun, like child, child whimsy vibes. I don't know, mysterious monster vibes. I don't know. I don't know how to explain the vibes to this guy, but. It's an extremely fun movie, and I, there's actually some actual funny moments too that made me like actually laugh, which is fun. Um, so yeah, man, what do you think? What what are the vibes for you? Yeah, I wrote feel good slash existential dread. <laughs> you got dread from this movie, bro? Dude, well, not like not actually, but it, he does ask like very existential questions, right? Like they they're grappling with death and what it means to have a soul. Yeah, and, right. I think that's. That's a pretty, you know, Nietzsche existential level of like philosophical thinking. So I was, I was mostly joking. Like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. This movie is super fun, but it's it's got a lot of weight to it in terms of themes and messages and even just historical 
like setting that it's in, like it's set in the cold war and at a time of like a lot of paranoia and anxiety, but you know, regarding the cold war and, and fear of the unknown. And uh, that's another kind of theme I took out of this watch is we'll talk about it in like EDM as I'm calling it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think this movie is so good. And if you haven't seen it, it's worth watch. And if, if you have kids, I think you should, I wrote a hundred percent making my kids watch this movie too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 No, my, okay, the wanna, first movie. Pardon? I'm going to make my kids watch the exorcist Ooh. as their first movie. Here <laughs> <laughs> oh you go, little Jimmy. <laughs> oh, the power of Christ. can Christ can <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Um, okay, yeah, let's uh, we'll hop into the narrative ride. So, uh, the screenplay was by Brad Bird and uh, Tim McCanley's, and it's based on a book by uh, the book is called The Iron Man by Ted Hughes, who was a, a famous famous poet. So, do you want to give us a bit of a just a high level synopsis of the of the movie cars? Yeah. So, um, the movie takes place in Rockwell. Rockwell. Yeah. Maine. Probably a, maybe, you know, yeah, yeah, and a, a, a coast town on the east coast of the U.S. Um, I think it, that's a reference to Norman Rockwell. He's I don't know. Like okay, maybe, we, yeah, we'll explain yeah. that. But, We're not American. Um, we don't know anything. This is set during 1957, you know, after the Russians set the Sputnik satellite to, uh, to orbit, and um, it outlines a iron giant, so a big actual iron metal dude is crash landed in this area he meets our young main kid hogarth and it's kind of about their story them you know them fighting with if he's a gun or or a person or if he's the evil guy or superman and you know they yeah. run into you know the government the u.s government wants to take him out and it's uncle a story sam. About trying to the yeah, uncle sam and and yeah and eventually the iron giant at the end of the movie chooses to do the right thing and yeah don't spoil it I mean, people have got it. It's freaking 24 years old. Like, grow up yeah. if you haven't seen this movie. Yeah, spoiler alerts. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a really good wrap-up, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, it's dope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's super such a cool fun, premise. Man. Yeah, it's a cool premise. And I think that the like the premise is awesome. And then how it's actually executed is good. I think the movie, yeah. the movie is actually under an hour and a half long like it's shorter than an which hour was half. fantastic man yeah. like you just Perfect. ripped through we it love yeah 90 yeah, minute, yeah 90 minute less yeah yeah it's you love that super nice yeah yeah but uh so much of 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 the writing and and the story i think work for me on so many levels like it's got excellent pacing and it kind of transforms right like it starts as like this mystery kind of what is this giant and then it gets like the stakes ramp up as it goes on, right? Like he kind of meets the giant, he's curious, and then the government gets involved, right? Like there's Kent Mansley, who's one of my favorite characters he's in such an animated an Oz, movie. Yeah, he's... Oh my God. Oh, and hey, that's champ, like... hey, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that's he's such a funny scene. I was oh, actually I laughing so hard. <laughs> and, and that's like a, you know, like a synergy moment, TSN synergy moment, right? With like the writing is super strong, but the performances are great. And... And that's kind of like what I'm separating is like, you know, when you're identifying like what is good writing, it's like, okay, like what are they saying and what is happening? And then the performance is like, how are they bringing that to life? And what they're actually saying is like, some of this stuff is so funny. Yeah. There's some, like my, my favorite scene or my funniest scene in this movie is like, um, 
well, there's two actually. Is it's it's very deadpan, and it's when he's buying the the trailer from the guy or the tra- the tractor, and it's got a bite out of it, and he's like he's like, oh, George, like looks like you got a, it looks like there's a bite out of it. And he's like, that's why I'm selling it. There's a bite out of it. <laughs> Just like, yeah. And then my other favorite like deadpan writing is like when the giant like cannonballs into the lake which is such a that's such a cool scene that water looks that's so such good. a cool yeah it then does. he, he kind of like the character dean gets like washed into the road and then this guy yeah, goes up like, to him and he's in like in the middle of the road he's like yeah it's like so funny um yeah but then but then you do have those like really good i think this movie because it's kind of that like trade-off right like you don't you want to show don't tell but I think it like it's pretty direct with what it's saying to you. It's like it's bad to kill. Like they spell it out for you. Yeah. But I think it in this movie it kind of gets like a like a pass, like for what it is. Like it's it it works. And I just yeah, I just really like everything kind of works, right? Like you have the setting in the fifties and you're talking about Sputnik and there's all this fear, right? The fear of the unknown and that plays and like what a great setting for a story about like an alien invader-esque character it works really well yeah i totally agree and i think the pacing is really well too like really like efficient as well you know what i mean like you're you're entrapped from the beginning with kind of this mystery of of what of what's going on and there's some really good establishing shots of the of the iron giant and it kind of you just want to outplace this mission and then when the government comes in it's just kind of really entertaining and uh, yeah, I think you kind of hit a lot of the things on the head there. Like, there's just really good, some really good writing, and the voice acting is also like delivers the lines with you know lots of effort and energy. And there's some actually yeah funny characters, and each character like I think is kind of actually fleshed out fairly well. You know, like I like really like the character of Dean. Like he's got some you know some really funny lines, and you know plays really good. And I think the kid who plays uh, Hogarth, um, I just saw his name. Uh, Eli Marenthal does a really good job. Like he has a really good like little kid voice, but it's not like too annoying. But it's got lots of like little kid energy that's like awesome. So yeah, I mean, I think you kind of hit it on the head. It's it's under an hour and a half, so it just flies right by, and you're pretty pretty having a good time for you know the majority of the movie. I don't think there's many lulls in it really. Yeah, yeah, no, it 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 just goes and like the stakes continually ramp up and you have the beautiful, like amazing ending, right. That I like, I teared up a little bit. Like I always do when I watch this movie, like it's pretty, it's a, it's a really great like finale and, and climax. And I think it, it's uh it's one of those, you talk about payoff in movies and like such good payoff. Like you spend so much time with the characters on like a, on a human level I think, and there's lots of scenes where they're just talking and explaining things to the giant, right? There's the scene in the barn and he's explaining what Superman is and like, you know, there, there's scenes of them playing and talking and he's learning, right? Like, it's like tree, rock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and it's really funny, but you see them develop this relationship. And I think it's interesting. I really like the character of Hogarth because he he's more of a static character. I think like he, he doesn't, I think he learned some stuff, but I think that the character that goes through the most growth would be the giant. Right. And yeah, but I like, I, again, it like works like Hogarth's whole thing is just, he values like all life. 
and you see that at the beginning of the movie, right? Like he's like, Oh mom, like I got a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, he's very like I'd say pretty static. I think what he learns is is like confidence and you know, he takes the lesson that the giant learns and kind of like we see him kind of grow at the end of the movie, but it uh I don't know, he's just he's so he's such a sweet character. Like it doesn't you know what I mean? And that's where like again, synergy with the performance, like you're talking about, like so good that you just you can't help but like the guy. Yeah, and like I just like Hogarth as well because he's he's got a little kid, but he's he's I like in my opinion he's kind of portrayed to be like maybe a little bit older than his actual age, so he's kind of got some funny jokes and how he reacts to some of the other adults, especially uh is that Mansley? Is that is that the guy's yeah, name? Yeah, Mansley. Kent. Yeah, Mansley. like they got some really good interactions. Um, yeah, I mean I do think it is a little messed up that like <laughs> that uh, Hogarth just like uses the Iron Giant to like make him do fun play things you know what i mean like i think there's definitely like he could have maybe learned that like you like don't use other living things as like pets or something i don't know but like but that's his whole thing right is like what you're talking about he is uh because he's he is smarter than kids his age so he's actually up a grade and still like like the other kids kind of bully him right they call him point dexter and stuff and that seems so funny with the coffee like he's like yeah yeah um, Hip. I'm cool. I'm <laughs> hip. Yeah. And then uh, he just, he's like, and then he freaks it. He has a caffeine break. So I yeah. think that's kind of like what for Hogarth, right? What he sees in the giant is like, is like a friend and like a connection, right? Like he's single. His dad's not in the picture. Right. And he kind of makes, he meet, he makes these meaningful connections. And I think we'll talk about it in EDM, but even like Dean, right? Like Dean's a beatnik, right? So kind of like the predecessor of like, he, that's like the counterculture of the fifties, right? Like, and I think that's like kind of a theme is, is the fear of the unknown. And I think Hogarth kind of learns, right. It's like, Oh, I can like, if I'm my, if I'm my authentic self and like, if I am, if I get to be who I choose to be, like, I can, I can make these meaningful connections, but I think like, he just, he just wants a friend. Right. And that's what he sees in the giant. And I don't know. I, but I also okay. really like those scenes. <laughs> I got to clarify one thing too. So the giant is friendly because he has that bump in his head, right? That dent. I don't know. Should we is talk it, about this in EDM? What the heck is like EDM? A Execution and deeper meaning. Okay, yeah, maybe we'll talk yeah. about that later. But yeah, I think it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, which is a, another trope. Like we'll talk about it. I gotta it's get back. To you. I gotta get. I haven't like feel like I haven't done one of these in a while. Like I gotta remember. Yeah, all I the, know it's like uh, oh, the how do I do this yeah. again? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've I've switched my like method too. Like I have like a like a book now instead of yeah. typing on my phone. Cause I want to be like more immersed in the movie. Like I don't want to be like distracted by my phone. So it was like yeah, for sure. the thing with it's slower to like, I can text faster than I can print. I can um, type. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Or like typing that. on my computer is way faster, but I, I like, I like this. And now I can have this new mic. Some ASMR for you. <laughs> that's, that's mess, bro. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I think that's, I think that's all I want to talk about. Do you want to move on? Yeah, to the I mean, F- yeah, F- it's got a really, it's got a really good, uh, really good story, and it's super fun to watch, and just yeah, really cool. I like the setting, and then and the aura, like it kind of feels like a throwback to like maybe nineteen fifties monster B movies. You know what I mean? So yeah, which they even, which they even like reference in the yeah, uh, totally. Like definitely, some of the shots are supposed to be you know reminiscent of of, of some fifties you know monster movies, which is awesome. <laughs> Which I can honestly say I don't think I've ever seen a fifties monster movie, but 
It's cool. It's kind of like what we were talking I about. With... I just watched uh, Tremors, the 1991 with Kevin Bacon with the, the, the sandworms. It's pretty sick. You should watch it if you want a good time. It's also only like an, it's only like 90 minutes too. But yeah. I, for like cheesy 90s horror movies, I watched The Craft. Oh, Netflix. I never heard of it. You should watch it. It's, yeah, I it's love cheesy good. 90s horror movies. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, yeah, moving on to, was I going to say something? uh nope it's gone okay aesthetics so yeah cinematography was steven wellsback uh music was michael kamen and i don't like i don't know if there's like an animation lead or whatever but we should just like kudos to the animators of this movie yeah the animators obviously kill it they're the backbone of this movie yeah i just wrote like the aesthetics in the movie are like immaculate like it looks so very good. very good design and aesthetics especially of i freaking love the design of the iron giant like i think he looks like i like his how they make him look so huge and 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 the grander like it it just like the way you know maybe other movies would, wouldn't have made him this tall but he looks just so big and menacing and and like the first establishing shot where the boat like drives into him and you're just like oh my god and yeah it just looks great well, there's a really cool backstory with this movie. And part of what inspired me is um, our boy, Danny Boyd, over at Cinema Sticks. Um, he true. made like a video video essay on the Iron Giant. And I, I was watching it. And I was like, oh, man, we should talk about the Iron Giant because I love this movie. And, and the point of his video essay was just how there was a lot of con- constraints on this movie. So it, it's from Warner Brothers, right? And they're obviously like a lot smaller animation right there's not really a lot of good animated warner brother movies um and especially at the time right? like it was dominated by dreamworks and disney but the year before they released quest for camelot and it like tanked which also i had that on vhs <laughs> um but it tanked like bad so they were like let's not like put too much yeah too much know, in eggs. this movie so this movie i mean according to brad bird like they had like half the budget and half the time of like a Disney or DreamWorks movie would. But the, but the trade-off was that like Warner Brothers let them have a lot more creative control. And it like mm. really comes through. Like you, if you have some time, you should read like the Wikipedia page on like the production of this movie because it's, it's pretty like inspirational how they, everybody kind of came together and, and we'll talk about it in like execution and deeper meaning. Cause I think Brad Bird, that guy can make a movie and, yeah, he, I think he really pulled the team together to make the movie. But yeah, it's it's just it's really cool because you watch the movie and you're like, man, like this is amazing. And it's amazing what they were able to create with the constraints. And I think it just shows when you really care about something, you can you can like make you can make magic. I think that's what movies are all about. But it's cool because the, most of this movie is like traditional hand drawn animation. But that giant is made with CGI which wow, I think is eh? interesting. And it was an intentional choice because they wanted him to feel alien and different and watching it this time, I really noticed it. And I was like, I was like, yeah, like never noticed it before, but he's totally CGI and it, but yeah. it works good. Like you don't, you just, it's kind of like, I'm like, Oh man, he does look a little bit different from the other, from everything else. But it looks like, like everything you were talking about, like the design was so good. He's so big. He's so imposing. He, he really, it's like, I, he looks iconic. Right. And like, yeah. and yeah, it's such, such a, such a beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah. There's some like actually like good shots too, for like an animated movie. Like I was watching when they, they get Adam and Iron Giants walking away in the snow 
and like there's just a nice like silhouette i was like oh damn like that's actually a legit like shot and yeah i really like that style of animation from the 90s because some of my favorite movies growing up like the lion king all those so it was really nostalgic for me and it's just like yeah the giant looks so good it's like and then like what really blew me away on this rewatch was like when he because he goes through a little the giant goes through a little rough period where he is evil and does kill like 200 people but like when he turns into a weapon, like it's so cool and so menacing. And I'm like, yo, this guy would actually probably take over an entire nation if you dropped him in. Like, <laughs> like he's just like messing up everybody, bro. And I'm like, oh my god. And I do. I like how. And and right, we've talked a lot about show don't tell, and I, this is more like a narrative ride thing. But we don't know his backstory. Like he just crash lands on Earth. And I think it really adds to the mystery, like the mystery around him. Like we don't know where he's from. We don't know who built him. And thematically that plays into the cold war f- fear of, of like the USSR. Right. But it, yeah. Anyway, that was just like another thing I just thought of, but yeah, absolutely terrifying. And I love too how, like when you first kind of get the inkling that he's dangerous, it's just like, Oh, he can shoot lasers out of his eyes. Yeah, and then, like he, yeah. Like Carson, we talk about the bump in his head, right? So he kind of like the, the movie starts and like he's like, "Oh, I have a bump in my head. I don't remember anything." Like, yeah. And then like he gets really mad, and the bump just like fixes, and then he just like turns into like Doctor Octopus. And some of the weapon designs are really cool. The one I really like is like it's got the spinner with like the needles. Yeah, there's some really cool <laughs> like, weapon design, bro. It's like, who came up with this? Yeah. Like, it's just like, he just goes sicko mode on like this yeah, like little sicko, town. Yeah, like sicko, bro. Like, it's so <laughs> sick. Yeah. Um, but I, one thing I particularly like about the giant and this movie is the sound design. Like, there's such good, like, even him walking. Yeah. It sounds so good. And like the explosions, the sirens, the, like the TV, all the noises. Um, It's so good. Like it really, I think I know, I really noticed it on this watch and something I really appreciate about a movie. It can really, when it's good, it can really bump up the, the, the impact of the movie. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just got, and like, I liked, I remember one thing I noticed too, is when the first time the robot has the ability to like rebuild itself and has some really good sound design connected to that like with the screws going in and the beeping and yeah i mean it, it looked i mean it, it looks completely fine for nowadays like at like doesn't look like it's aged at all um like it's completely like it looks really good still i mean yeah with some really good design i like the design of the town and and they went they they did trips to maine and like took a bunch of pictures yeah, it's to, just, like, get it's it a as good, good setting as you know what i mean that was okay. That was, I remember now what I was going to say is that similar, you know, how we're talking about in it's a wonderful life, how we liked how it's set in a different time. So it's like a little bit more like immersive. Yeah. And I feel like you really get that with this movie, right? Like being set in the fifties, life was different, right? Like he has to go fix the antenna and they have an ice box and yeah. like they're at the old school diner. And, and I think, I think you could also say like, that's, narrative but also aesthetic right like that's a, that's a choice to like have the setting be in this town i think they really capture the vibe well i was just gonna add just real quick that i like some of like the people who live in the town are unique characters too that are funny you know it makes it feel more lived in you know they're not as just generic as other you know they're kind of goofy and funny and 
So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did want to take a sec to talk about the music because I think it is used very effectively in this movie. At, at, at times it's very ominous and threatening and menacing, but at other times it's very light and inspiring and, and uplifting. And one scene that I really like is when the giant, they're running away from the military and he, he figures out he can fly and the yeah. music is used so effectively in that situation. It just like swells and it's really, yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, yeah, I think the flying and the music, yeah, the music, it's got, it hits the ominous really good too. And your first kind of, the score does have some good ominous tracks to it. So yeah, I mean, I agree with it, with all you said there. Yeah. And it, it was recorded without conventional use of syncing music. Which is really? Interesting. So yeah, it is interesting. Kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Okay, I did want to... Do you have anything else to add? I have, I have like one concluding. Um, not really, no. Okay. Just watch it. <laughs> I noticed some similarities to other movies in this watch, and I, I'm wondering if you would agree. You can tell me if I'm out to lunch or not. Okay, so Brad okay. directed this movie. He directed The Incredibles. Do you not think that Kent Mansley looks like Syndrome from The Incredibles? Like, very similar... Like very similar shaped face. Like obviously, syndrome is a little thicker, but in their face, like it's very long and like triangular. Yeah, and they yeah. Both there's have orange hair. Definitely like, I was some like, similarities. It's like eerie. And then uh, this movie also reminded me of the Disney movie Atlantis, like the animation style. Yeah, I haven't For seen some reason, that one in like really the animation long time. style. Atlantis slaps. It's like it's yeah. not like perfect, but it's it's one of those movies where like st- it's like substance over like or style over substance. Like it, yeah, I heard the really styles but yeah. Yeah, but the actor, the voice actor for the general is the voice actor for the, uh, he's not, he doesn't go on the trip, but he like finances the trip in Atlantis. It's the same voice actor. So I don't know if I just oh, okay. that connection there too, but it just reminded me of Atlantis. I don't know. Tell me in the comments if I'm out to lunch. Yeah. I mean, definitely <laughs> Mansley definitely has some, some syndrome in him, like that whiny kind of, kind of voice too. So yeah, I mean, I don't think you're out to lunch. There's probably some inspiration right so yeah maybe just out to coffee <laughs> yeah maybe just out to coffee right you know brunch maybe I don't know. <laughs> okay uh you ready to move on to performance power hour sure okay yeah so this movie has um some star power i think most 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 actors which they're no less you know but some people who went on that'd be pretty big like movie stars so eli marenthal voice Hogarth, Vin Diesel, voice the Iron Giant, Jennifer Aniston, voices Annie, who's Hogarth's mom, Harry Connick Jr., voices Dean, and John Mahoney, voices the General. So, yeah, I think everybody just kills it in this movie. Like, really good voice performance. Yeah, I think everyone does uh, do really well. Like, I think lots of energy, and I think the guy who steals the show for me is probably Hogarth and, and Mansley there. He is giving a hell of a performance super super full filled with energy really funny lines and his character kind of represents maybe some thinking of the u.s government at the time and he just i don't know he does he does it's really good i love him he's super funny and he, he can just tell off the bat he's kind of kind of you know what i mean like he's just hogarth doesn't like him right off the bat because he's a douche and, and yeah, he's knows him. And, yeah, yeah and it's just I yeah, I'm probably one of my favorite and most comedic scenes in the movie. He's Mansley's talking to Hogarth, and he's just like he's supposed to be this government guy, and he just makes these like 
10 generic like hey buddy like hey chief hey and it's just it's just super funny yeah totally so yeah i mean i think everyone does a good job and i really like even like the dean's character who's played by uh, harry connick jr i think he's he really hits that beat neck performance really good you know really laid back like an artist with some funny funny lines as well you know what i mean some so yeah i just want to say i don't know if i said the name of the actor but it's christopher mcdonald's plays ken hansley i don't i, I don't know if i yeah if christopher I mcdonald that he's that guy um, he does really good in this movie yeah, yeah but uh even vin diesel is a yeah, guy I think giant just, too yeah. Like, like his, his how they do he his just, voice is really good. Roar. Like it's yeah, yeah. He's just the master of characters that have like one word. That they I say will, I will be honest though. Like I does could, Groot too, but I could do that. Like if I was big and tall and handsome, like pay me millions of dollars. I am Groot. I can do that shit for sure. Yeah, I don't think Vin Diesel is like super deserving of that from what i've what i've heard about him but you know what we're not this is not a personal you know we're not here to are you just you just hate him because he's bald or um yeah well i'm basically bald right now but you have hair (laughs) you have the capacity yeah i have the capacity you're just going through a rough period so you like you gotta cut your hair right like that's just part of part of life unfortunately i'm so happy (laughs) What's that Nirvana song? Um, that's okay. I shaved uh, my yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> I have missed the line. It's like I'm so sad, but that's okay. I shaved my head. <laughs> um. Yeah. Moving on. Enough about my personal life. <laughs> uh. Yeah. But I think it like uh. Read. I was reading the you know the the background on this movie, and for a lot of these actors, they were kind of considering more you know, star level, like, you know, like more like live action actors. Yeah, totally. You know, they're talking about Robin Williams and all these people. And I think that from my, you know, experience with animation is there's a lot of value in casting like real voice actors, like not movie stars. So like the example is like Chris Pratt and Mario movie. Like I haven't seen the Mario movie, but I know I'm like, why don't waste your time? Like, yeah, so I'm not going to watch it, right? And and there's there's always exceptions to the rule, right? Like, I haven't seen The Boy and the Heron. It's on my to-watch list. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't come to theaters in my town what? yet. Or on streaming. Yeah, dude, dude I'm sure you didn't get it. How do y'all uh, not? Yeah, I know. It's terrible. What's your population? I need to build a new theater here. We have 80,000 How is your here. theater so garbage then? I got two theaters here and our population it's, is similar. Um, but... I was just, I just want to talk about Robert Pattinson, right? Like he's very, obviously like super big movie star, but apparently he just went absolutely insane in that movie. And like watching the trailer, it's like, you can't even recognize that it's him. But so there are exceptions to that, but there's just, there's a lot of value in casting real like voice think, actors. Yeah. And even like Jennifer Aniston, I think in this movie, I think she has a great performance in this movie. And it's kind of before, you know, she kind of got to that like superstar level of fame and, I think she, I don't know. Like, I think when you're, we've kind of talked about it before when you're an artist and I think a lot of people get to that level and they just coast, but when you're kind of starting out, you're still hungry. So I always think about like Drake. Yeah. You know, like early Drake is so much better because he's hungry, right? He's like, oh, I got to get to the top. And then he gets to the top and he stops trying. Right. And not everybody is like that, but 
I, I just really like Jennifer Aniston in this movie. Like you, you almost can't even really tell that it's her and it's just very nuanced and she plays the concerned mom. Super hey, that's well, the first, the first and, nuance of the episode right there. You. Yeah. First nuance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. And I think I just, everybody's so good. Like I love the general Ken Mansley is like, is my He's, favorite yeah, in this he, movie, but I agree. There's an award from great. this movie. He would win it. Hogarth. Hogarth's great. Like, yeah, Hogarth like, kills uh, it. He's the second best, you know, I think. Yeah, Hogarth killed it. Yeah. And, like, not that they're. I don't know how to rank them, but I just really like. I also really, really like the character Mansley. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all I have to say. I about mean, performance power. yeah, I mean, it's an animated movie, so there's no, like, actual physical performance, right? So it's just the, the voices, and I think everyone you know, trying. And I would like to let everyone know that I, my entire life, I had no clue that Jennifer Aniston played a uh, Hogarth's mom. I literally learned this when, while we were uh, talking before this uh, started recording here. So that's awesome. Um, But yeah, I think Jordan, you hit it all, man. Like I think Mansley's really good. I think the general is really good. Like there's some really good tertiary characters. Yes. Yeah, secondary characters that are just kind of funny, you know? So yeah, I don't think there's really much much else to add, really. So I think yeah. we could uh okay move on to some EDM. Yeah. Um, what I liked watching it this movie this time is there's some definite like it's set during the Cold War and there's some definite themes that connect to it. Like it's it's funny they they have an episode in the school while they're just watching this like like a very whimsical video on how to like react if like bombs are being dropped and stuff um, when they're at the schoolhouse with the, like, it's like a little chipmunk and he's like, get to the ground and which is fun. And yeah, yeah. there's definitely some, you know, some looks at maybe United States foreign policy at this time and, and their reaction to, uh, you know, foreign entities in the unknown, you know, Manzi outlines how like, <laughs> He's talking about the giant. He's like, well, if we didn't build it, we got to bomb it to shit. It's not ours. So, you know, this, I, maybe this, this, you know, and I think this also connects to like how the robot is only, he only reacts defensively, right? When he's shot at and pushed at. And maybe this is kind of a correlation to other, how the U.S. can be very aggressive to other foreign, you know, nations that, you know, so. Ooh. Who knows though? Who, who am I? That's the a good war point. crime ass US and the United States government. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, right for me, what I took out of it was just the impacts of rampant nationalism, yeah. right? Like, he is like, oh, I work for the government. Like, I, we got to protect, yeah. we got to do whatever we can to protect our country. And the movie has a definite stance on that, right? Because at the end of the movie, when he, he gets so Kim Mansley is such a great character because he represents ego and hubris, right. And ultimately succumbs to his ego and hubris. And he's this slimy little prick who, you know, wants to work his way up in the government and thinks he's better than everybody. Yeah. And he gets so caught up. Like there there's they basically he, it's his idea. He's like, we've got to nuke the giant. We got to drop the bomb on the giant and they kind of get ready to launch it. And then there's a kind of a scene where they almost defuse it. And he takes the radio and is like bomb the giant. And then, they're like, and I was kind of referring to it. It's a very iconic very scene iconic. because he, like, he's just like, "Where's the giant?" Man? Yeah, where's the, like, giant, the giant man? Him. So they're all gonna, they're all gonna die. And he's like, well, he he tries to leave. Well, he's like, the he's government. like, he's like, yeah, we're all gonna, we're all gonna die for our country. Like, and and then Mansley, who the whole movie has like 
I represent yeah. the States. We got to do what we can for our country. He's like, he just says like, screw our country. I want to leave. And like hops in a Jeep and tries to get away and the giant stops him. And I think that sums up the theme of the movie, right? Like it's, it's, I think it's bullshit to, you know, kind of justify stuff for, for the sake of your country. Right. Like it's, you know, this movie is very clear that like violence is bad and, and like what you're saying, right. Like it's, if you go into these countries and invade and for whatever reason, right. Like you're going to be met with resistance. And it, it just begs the question, like what, I don't think the ends justify yeah. the means, right. Like pragmatism throughout history has always been bad. And I, I personally, like I, I, I get that sometimes you have to make these choices, but it's, I think the, you always have to think about the means to what you're trying to achieve, right? It's, there's nothing that's so big that you, that nothing is worth trampling over other people. And, and that's just my opinion. And, and like we've talked about before, like our biases, right? Like I'm pretty, I, I'm, I'm pretty like idealist person, but that's just how I feel. And I appreciate that this movie has this, that message. Yeah. I think it's um, interesting as well, how the movie kind of outlines how lots of the reaction to these unknown events is aggression and violence. Like even they like in the school, like they're in, they're just in class and they're theorizing about this, uh, whatever this thing is. And even the, the little kids are like, whatever it is, we should just bomb it. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like representing the, the paranoia paranoia that was, you know, rampant during the cold war. And again, the fear of the unknown that we've discussed, but, and I think you hit that, hit the nail on the head with the, you know, the nationalism and, you know, the pro like, you know, military industrial complex. And yeah. And I think, but also on the other hand, this movie has a whole other theme too, is uh, like you choose, like you choose who who you want to be, you know what I mean? Which is most evident in the giant. Right. So. Yeah. And I mean, even, even like, even Hogarth too, right? Like I think he, Hogarth makes him like pretty big, big choices in the movie too. And, and obviously like Hogarth, like I've said earlier, Hogarth's pretty static. Right. But he, you know, he cares about all living things and, and shown to have a, a high amount of empathy and sympathy for other living, other, other living beings. And, you know, even at the beginning, right. Like he goes and he sees the giant at the transformer station and he realizes he needs to help the giant. He doesn't know what it is. He just knows it's alive and it's 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 struggling, right? And that's a choice that he makes and and shows who he is in that moment. And you know, and then at the end of the movie, right, the giant is about to like is in gun mode, and he runs up to the giant, even though it's blowing stuff up, and is like, "Hey, you got to stop! Like, remember who you are." And yeah, I agree. That's and that's what we were talking earlier is like how influential this movie has been on me like when i was applying for undergrad i wrote so many essays for you know scholarships and stuff it's like what's your favorite quote and i always used this one because it it is true i think you in life you are going to have days where you're grumpy and you're you know you're mean to people or you maybe don't you know sometimes you will make the wrong choice but what ultimately matters is the choices that you make right like when you have all the stress and pressure of life but you matters is the choices that you make even if you're like crabby or mean when you do it what matters is what you actually do and the actions you take and i i think that's it's a really cool message to have for a kids movie that's such an important message for kids to have and see and and that no matter what they're feeling that day or if they're mad at their parents like they still have a responsibility to choose the right thing yeah i think you're completely right there man and i just 
it's they and I think it's really interesting to see that theme play out with like this, you know, this this thing, like this thing that's meant to per- perpetrate violence, this big iron giant and that he still has, you know, he was made for this one purpose, but he still has he still has, you know, the free will to choose and that's part of, you know, part of the human experience, right? You know what I mean? Like you aren't you aren't what people want you to be. You know what I mean? You are what you choose to be and you aren't what I mean, so yeah, I think you 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 hit it really good. I think it's a really it's a really deep theme for like a kids movie like this. You know what I mean? Like it's a movie like you know what I mean? Like as a kid, like as a kid, you can think about it a lot, and as an adult, it's a theme you can think about a lot. So I think that's what makes a truly great animated movie is when it's something that like is you know it has adult and child child themes. So I think that try this movie is something that we still watch all the time, right? Because it still holds up. Yeah, and I think that like that that's and we will talk about Brad Bird shortly here, but that's how he pitched this movie to Warner Brothers was what if a gun had a soul? And I I really like how this movie explains souls and it's very mm, it's not specific to one religion, you know? Like Hogarth's like, well, you think about things and you care about people, so that means you have a soul. And I I, I think that's really spiritual and and really uh i think when kids are that age right they they're starting to get and even the giant kind of goes through that's what i was talking about with like the existential dread right like he he doesn't understand what death is and um you know with the deer and that's a really that's a really cool scene and i remember yeah that scene is is extremely potent still and like especially like in a kid's movie i'm like oh damn like you know what i mean and then like the giants is like Hogarth, will you die? And he's like, yeah, someday I will. And it's just like, wow, like it's a really, it's good. Like it's, it's really good. Yeah. And, and the movie doesn't mess around with that. Like Hogarth says it's bad to yeah. kill. Seriously. Like right? they put and, their foot down. It's not it's no good, in between. <laughs> yeah. Such a good thing for kids to, 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 to learn. Right. And I remember watching that movie and, and, it was just, I felt things that I had never felt before and was asking questions that I'd never asked before. And that scene really sticks out to me when he's, when he touches the deer and it's always been like, there's certain things from this movie yeah. that always are just burned into my brain. And that's one of them. And it's, it has, it, it is like in a lot of ways, it's been more influential on me than any other movie that I love. Right. Like maybe the only one that other movie that could come close is toy story, but even still like, I always, I think about that every day, man. I'm like, or like, maybe not every day, but like once a week, I, I tell myself like, you are who you choose to be, yeah. right? Like it's, it's such a powerful movie that, and I think a lot of people feel that way. And this, and this is maybe like an opportunity to talk about. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's good in some aspects because in a different world where they had marketed it, maybe we would have gotten like 50 million Iron Giants yeah, or something Iron Giant like that. Iron Giant ate the Avengers but, Return or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Warner Brothers didn't market this movie. Like, and so it was a, it was a big flop. But because of, you know, and, and we've talked about like physical release and things like that and, and how streaming can kind of play into that. But it kind of became a cult classic because of video rentals and, and things like that afterwards. And um what man what a missed opportunity for warner brothers because this movie is yeah and it, it, it garnered lots of critical critical acclaim too yeah critical yeah like acclaim, people right? you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah i feel like i feel like this movie is like not in like 
our generation's like cultural zeitgeist as much as like lots of the other ones. You know what I mean? You know, like Lion King, Toy Story, Incredibles, everybody's seen our ages. But I feel like the Iron Giant, if you were to do a freaking study, like lots of your buddies haven't seen it, which is weird. Because <laughs> it's really good. Like it's really good. It's better than lots of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I have, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I just think that like the whole like how Hogarth treats like the unknown with kindness, which de-escalates it. And while Manzu wants to, you know, treat the unknown with violence and aggression, it's just, that's just a complete, you know, mirror of each other. And yeah, that's just when you were saying that, it made me think about that. I think that's it. I think there is some other things maybe you could take if you're interested, but. Yeah. Well, I have like two, two things. One of them is like more, a, more like a debate or like a conversation I want to have with you. And then I want to talk about Brad Bird, but to, to your point, I did just want to also connect in like Dean again. And I think that's a really smart choice to make him be a beatnik, like represent the counterculture because he's another representation of the unknown, right? Like another less smart movie would have just had him be like a mechanic, but it's very intentional. Like he's listening to jazz. Yeah. And and he's he's got an art art. studio. Yeah. And and yeah, he represents maybe not the unknown, but the unfamiliar and for Hogarth to make a connection with him and vibe with him, I think speaks to that universal humanity of the movie in that, the unknown is not always bad. You just need to understand it and and be kind to exactly. it. Right? And exactly. And not kill it. <laughs> and I think, yeah, what a powerful message. Like, you know, I have nothing else to say about it. <laughs> I just think to me, like my favorite all-time animated movie when I was a kid was definitely The Lion King. Like I watched that a thousand times. But you could argue like this movie has a better like message for like everyday life than The Lion King. You know what I mean? And But, but no, but, but The Lion King made like a bajillion dollars and I still absolutely love The Lion King, though. Like, it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. So I'm not getting on it. I'm just saying, like, child message way. And that's what I mean. I'm not saying that, like, The Lion King is an inferior movie. I just mean in terms of impact on me. Like, I've definitely seen The Lion King more. We, You probably don't remember this, but... I've seen it 300 times. We took home <laughs> yeah. the cardboard cutout from the video store, and it was on the wall in our house because I was obsessed with The Lion King when I was a little kid. Like, I've seen both The Lion King and Lion King 2, which is super underrated, by the way. <laughs> Like million, like literally thousands of times, but the Iron Giant is like burned into my soul, and because I have one, <laughs> and yeah, you know, and it's just because of what it's saying, and and it's just a different kind of art. There's nothing wrong with like the Lion. King oh no, Lion, Lion King's other Disney my fave. I was just like the Lion yeah. King's great, and I think there's good messages in the Lion yeah, King totally. too, and it can make you, it, it can evoke emotion and. But I just, for me personally, I think the Iron Giant has been a little bit more impactful. And yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Well, what's your debate though? What, like what? Well, I'm going to talk about Brad Bird and then we can finish okay. the conversation. Because this is a question I have for you and I, okay. want, I want your opinion on it. So I just want to talk about Brad Bird. Like this is more like execution, right? He directed this movie and uh guy knows how to make a movie. Kills <laughs> he, animated. Man. He grinded like. Yeah, he. I don't know if he was actually an animator, but he like directed. Oh yeah, it, right? I said kills so anim- He started in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. He uh, in the eighties he was writing screenplays for like all these bad movies, and then he ended up working on The Simpsons for like eight seasons. When it was good too, and then um, yeah, when it was good, right? And I just really wanted to highlight how impressive it is that he was able to bring this all together, and you know the that uh, video I was talking about earlier from, from Danny Boyd, I'll put it in the show notes really kind of, you know, brought my attention to it, but just reading more about it is, it's, it is really impressive. And um, 
I just think, yeah, like to me in my, in my career right now, like I'm, I'm moving more into like a supervisor role and like kind of working with, with like my mentor. And, and she's talked to me a lot about like her kind of management style is like, she likes to like empower people. And she said things like, I don't want to hire, like I want to hire people who are smarter and better than me. And I think from what I've read on this movie anyway, Brad Bird is, is like a really strong leader. Like he did all these creative things to make this movie work. And what I really struck me about him is that he, took a lot of input from people like the animators and people working on the movie. And I think that's such a valuable skill for any kind of leader to have is to acknowledge the skill of the people you're working with and to take their input. And yeah, we were talking about it earlier, like uh, off, off mic, I think just like you kind of get that vibe, right? Like all these Hollywood directors think they're so smart and they surround themselves with yes men. And I just really appreciate somebody who's willing to take other people's input and, and cause it makes it better. Right. Like if you look at Star Wars, the original Star Wars, George Lucas had a lot of help. The prequel yeah, trilogy he did it all himself. He surrounded himself yeah. with yes men. Right. And it, it matters. It makes a better product. And yeah, he did all kinds of these creative things. Right. Like he got people to like animate. He had teams animate portions of the movie, whereas like traditionally they would animate like specific characters. And he got like senior and junior animators to work together to like, you know, develop people and you know, just did all kinds of things I think that are like really great. So I just wanted to like talk about him really quick and he's gone on to make like awesome movies. Like he did the Incredibles, he did the first, the first Mission Impossible reboot. Nothing. What? <laughs> what is oh, it? Just, well, yeah, I played intramural basketball, <laughs> basketball earlier and just one of my teammates is messaging the group saying like the arches of his feet are super sore and it's just funny. I don't know why I just... It's just funny. <laughs> okay. Sorry. okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the conversation I wanted to have with you though, is, is this movie has a pretty strong message about like violence, um, you know, and, and weapons. And I remember at this time in my life, like I really liked Batman, the animated series, which I remember kind of getting pushback from like parents and, and adults in my life. Cause it, it's a lot more violent. So I'm, I'm curious, like, do you think that kids should, should be exposed to violence in movies or if there's like a limit or, or like what you're, because to me, like a movie like the iron giant is a movie that I would definitely think kids should watch. I think it handles violence in a very nuanced, but also appropriate way for like the level they're at. And, but I, I don't think it glorifies it or, or does anything in excess and, and really has a good message about violence, but I think there's a lot of, especially targeted to young boys, there's a lot of like violent superhero movies and, you know, they start to see like violent, more like Marvel action movies. And it just, it just got me thinking a lot. So what, like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I think you're right. I think it's a hard question, right? Because like violence really is a huge part of modern society nowadays, which is like uh, shitty, but it's what life is. So, I mean, kids are going to experience it a lot, but I think one thing that, I think yeah, movies I wouldn't want to show my kids are movies that would demonstrate lots of gun violence where a movie like this, the iron giant, it's he's, he's a big alien robot guy. Like he's doing like shooting like lasers that make people dis disappear and stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So, cause I think like I'm fine showing like kids violence. Cause like it's human race. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of years of violence. So, I mean, it's part of our, soul but i don't like showing my kids lots of like maybe young gun violence as a kid 
I don't know. It's a hard, hard question though, right? Like, I think at the end of the day, though, like we're all messed with the internet because, like, like you just have unlimited access to the tip of your fingers, really. So, you kind of got to limit like all access to the technology if you want to try to limit like exposure to violence. Because even if you just go on any like social media or anything, there's always violence everywhere. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a hard line to balance. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's tough. I, like, not being a parent myself and thinking about my life, I remember, like, our dad definitely, like, you know, having having toy guns and, and playing, like, violent stuff. Like, you know, I remember getting having some talks with my dad about it and, you know, there's, like, certain toys he didn't like us having. And uh, especially with, you know, kind of growing up and now, right, like, you – there's a lot of gun violence, right? Like mass shootings and it's, it's tragic. And I think, right. Like I, I totally agree with you about like the guns, right. I think guns are, I don't really like guns, you know, and, and not to say like, if you, if you were like a recreational hunter and, and you use guns as a tool, but I just, for me, like if, if somebody like anything, assault rifle, automatic, semi-automatic stuff like that is it, it legitimately scares me. And I think as a kid, I remember, you know, playing, doing the finger gun thing. And I think, I, like, I don't really know. I think that's a question that I'll have to figure out. Like, maybe yeah, when right. I become a parent and, you know, but I, I, I think that for me, in any case, it's having that discussion, right? And kind of understanding, like, why, like, we, our, our landlords were here, or my landlords were here the other night, and they brought their young kid. And I, you know, he, he I had, like, a little Nerf gun. Right. And I have it to shoot for my cats and, you know, they were, they were, you know, he could play with it and, and they were just like, Oh, don't, don't shoot the kitty. Like it's don't, don't aim it at anybody. And, you know, like, I think that was, that was like a pretty healthy, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, like this is like a toy and, you know, but you don't aim it at people. Like we don't want to hurt anybody. And I think it's just really important to like have, have those discussions with your kid. And, and, and I agree with you because they are like, I was talking to uh, a friend about it uh, just before this and, we were, I was telling her about how I wanted to talk to you about it. And, you know, she kind of said like kids are they're exactly, going to be exposed right? to it yeah. eventually. Right. And so you don't want them to be like, Oh my God, I can't handle this. What's happening. Like you need to, you need to expose them to some degree of violence. But I think it's, I think it's having those, those discussions and, and that nuance to it that a movie like Iron Giant does is, is like really, like really meaningful and, and can be like really positive for your kids. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there needs to be discuss discussion and, honesty about it you know what i mean like like just make sure that they understand that like this violence is not it's it's horrible it's tragic and it leads to you know gun violence leads to you know so many deaths it's horrible it drives me nuts but um yeah it's just like make sure that they understand this this shouldn't be normalized and like it's so crazy i just had this experience where when i was growing up i'd watch this guy on youtube and he collected like those um expensive shoes you know what i mean like you have like the new the new air jordans or whatever and i used to think it was cool and you'd have all these fancy designer clothes and i saw him pop up on my feed the other day and now he like collects like guns and like makes all these crazy assault rifles and like i'm like it's so crazy how this is like normalized in the united states and stuff and i was just like it was just such a crazy like to see someone you watched as a kid, right? You know what I mean? And now you're like, oh my God. Like it, it was just a very weird experience. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's coming. 
Yeah, I mean, we we have friends who have have guns, and I've like I've I've fired yeah, guns yeah, no, before. It's, and like, I'm not anti. I, I get, I understand the appeal. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just clarifying, right? Like we, but I think it's it's one thing to go and shoot skeets or go shoot know, a deer with a with, a with a hunting rifle, right? Like yeah, yeah, and be respectful. But I just think it's like you know you should, like I think it's important. Yeah. That kill like killing. Yeah, when like when you own (laughs) when you own weapons, that their sole purpose would be to dispatch as many human beings as you can at once. That's a issue, and that shouldn't be like ever allowed for a regular human being to have. When you have a gun that you are adding all these extra accessories to, so it'd be easier to kill other humans. Like that's just like absolutely feral, and you should be put in jail. You know, and and whatever you whatever you choose to do, I just think like you know, just it's important to think about these things and, and to factor in the considerations and you know yeah we kind of strayed it was the question was more about violence as opposed to strictly guns and, and gun control but yeah i mean i think i think that's all the, the time we have for today we just we just passed the hour mark so yeah do you have any any concluding thoughts about the movie no i mean it's a classic today? really like i've you know what i mean it's a movie that i enjoy and something i'd always kind of come back to every once in a while to watch a chill animated movie like this that's super fun and engaging so yeah that's it bro that's all i gotta say definitely if you haven't seen it uh give it a watch i think though most people i find are like are not listening to our podcast if they haven't which is fair though like i don't want people to watch that this i'd rather you watch the movie than come watch the the episode or watch the episode than watch the movie either or yeah i think that you that's how i like to watch sometimes if, if i know i'm not going to get around to watching a movie i like listening to a podcast i, I actually hate nice. i actually it's hate people that i like to listen personally to. i okay. i don't hate that i just like well, to have my like i don't like like it's one of those movies i don't like anything being spoiled yeah like especially if it's but a, also too it can be it can be nice if it's a movie that i yeah. don't really want to give a chance yeah. to and i listen to people get a vibe about it it's then i'll then that's I'm like, super okay, valid you know what i mean like there's I don't retain anything when I listen to a that's podcast. True. That's like, true. That's true. Yeah, I'm. My plan is by the time this episode is up, we will have an Instagram and a TikTok going. Uh, don't know how that's going to look, but the info will be in the show notes. And uh, we have two more episodes. Well, I guess the month is almost done. <laughs> yeah, we've had a bit of a slow so start. Our next two we'll episodes. We'll get back into it. Yeah, yeah, we're getting we're getting ramped up, man. Um, we're going to do, do you want to do Mystic River or should we do a different movie? It's your yeah, pick. It's your pick. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay. We're going to say a maybe on Mystic River. Next movie is Carson's pick, but we will be doing, uh, coming up pretty quick. We're going to do the Shawshank Redemption. We're going to have our first guest ever live on the episode. So, um, is that yeah, our next as one? always, uh, well, no, I think we can record next weekend oh, and the weekend after we're doing Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. So we'll record one next weekend. We don't know what movie yet. Carson, it's Carson's pick. Um, the uh, 2023 top 10 movies is not out yet, but it will be soon. I'm editing it as this weekend, which is the weekend of the 26th. So it's coming, or it should be out by the time you listen to this. So sorry. And then, yeah, I think we're going to do maybe some like theme months, like pick a month and, and like watch watch some watch the movies. I don't know. We'll see kind of how, how things go with Carson. I have a lot more. I think it'd be fun to like record and watch to do uh, a star Wars episode ranked. Yeah. That's so funny. I like, yeah, I, I'd be super down. I have like lots of of thoughts about star Wars, bro. Yeah. All right. Well, 
yeah, give us a follow, uh, tell a friend. Nobody's probably listening by now. All our metrics say that people stop listening with like five minutes left. <laughs> do you, so I think we should do this at the beginning yeah. of the episode. Be like, follow yeah, yeah. us, do tell a friend. But uh, yeah, well, thanks everybody. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Deuces. Yeah. Bye. You're not no. going to say it? You already said it. <laughs> <laughs>